We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack-A-Day podcast, episode number 423. I am Jason Perrone, along with my co-host, Mark Eckel. And Mark, we're going to finally have a successful recording, so this is our inaugural show together. How are you? I'm good. We're Like you said, we're finally ready to go. Yeah, some technical problems last time, my fault, so glad to have you back. So... It is Saturday, day before the game, and as we learned yesterday, uh, the injury situations for both teams are now known, so we're just going to kind of go through each team and some of the implications of some of those injuries. So we'll start on the Packers side of things. Uh, Jimmy Graham had the groin injury, and this was an interesting one because he didn't practice all week until Friday, that was the first time he practiced all week. And they even brought up Evan Bayless from the practice squad to take the spot, I assume, that was vacated by Trevor Davis in the trade. And But Jimmy Graham practiced, and it sounds like he may go on Sunday, but on a short week with a game on Thursday following, I just was a little bit surprised by that. I don't know what your take is on the Graham injury. I think it'll be a game-time thing. I mean, he did practice on a limited basis Friday. Um, I think they'll see how he feels. I think Bayless will dress. I, I think they'll dress four tight ends. Uh, Graham will try to go, and they'll, they'll play it play by play with him. I mean, if it, if it tightens up again or if he's hurting, uh, he'll come out, and then they'll, they'll still have three three tight ends 
ready to go. Um, and like you said, you know, you don't want to groins, hamstrings, those kind of injuries. You don't want to really, like better to miss one week than to miss four or five. You know what I'm saying? So it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if Graham's out. But again, it'll be he's a veteran. He's been through these kind of things before. I think they'll leave it up to him and see how how he feels right around you know twelve fifteen Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and when you say missing one game, it's kind of selfish if he's risky at all because they turn around. I said, like I said, they turn around and play in four more days. So to me, you know, you never want to sleep on any opponent, but you've got the Denver Broncos on Sunday, and then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday. They need to win both games. They need to win every game. But if if you have to make a choice or you have to pick, now, obviously, I know you have maybe some very deeper feelings <laughs> about about the Eagles, but the Eagles are an NFC. First of all, they're an NFC matchup, and they're also probably going to be a contender for the NFC in general. So, you know, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. I don't know what you think, Mark, but if you have to pick one or the other, uh, to me, it seems like a no brainer. You sit Graham Sunday and let him play Thursday. Well, again, if he's feeling fine, you play him, or at least you know put him out there and see. I mean, well, again. As, I hate – in all my years of covering sports, I, one, thing I, I, one thing I never questioned was a player either playing or not playing. I never – if a guy didn't play, I never questioned some some writers did that. Oh, he, he should be playing. No, you don't know how a guy feels. And if a guy wants to play, he knows how he feels. And that's why they have trainers and doctors and, and all that kind of stuff. But like what I said earlier is true. I mean, certain kind of injuries, and groin is one of them, where you don't want to keep aggravating it over and over. So – Sometimes the best thing is rest, and he might. You know, hey, listen, he might not. He might miss both of those games if it if it acts up. So I mean, if if I was the Packers, all these guys that are a little iffy, maybe you sit them all and get them all ready for you know for two weeks from now when they when they play the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. Soft tissue injuries, like you said, they can be touchy. And if there's one medical staff that I trust, as far as the NFL goes, it's the Packers. You know, they they seem to make good decisions, and they seem to make good decisions that benefit the player and the team as well. So, and they and the Packers through the years anyway seem to seem to be more on the cautious side. Like, um, if I'm not, I don't remember. I can't cite examples, but guys who were supposed to be out two weeks are sometimes out three. You know, what I'm saying like they they seem to they, they don't rush a guy back; they ease them back, and and that's smart. That's smart for the player. Not just you know short term, but but long term as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's definitely could been consistent with them um, and what they do. And uh, you know, one thing about this game. So I know you covered you know the NFL for a long time. Do you remember? And this is digging back, and this is just digging up old dirt for no reason. But I, you know, it's kind of fun because you can actually speak to it. So do you re, do you remember the 1997 season when the Packers and Broncos faced off in the Super Bowl and and was there anything about that year that you remember that stood out to you do you remember watching that game at all or have any memories yeah. of that you're gonna bring up bad memories now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I'll, I'll tell you a story so one of my best friends is also a, a Packer fan he's, he's my my daughter's godfather and that's how kind of we became friends because we were both Packer fans living in in New Jersey so you know um I remember, and when the play, the Packers were great, that I thought for sure they were they were going to go back to back. Um, as a matter of fact, I could say you know every time the Packers win a Super Bowl, they win the next one, right? They won one and two. I figured they'd win, you know, whatever it was a thirty-one and thirty-two. I yep. guess. Yep. Um, so I just, I mean, that was a great team. Um, 
that I mean, you could argue that team was just as good, if not better, than the one that that, that did win it. But um, I remember the, the playoffs start, and I say to my friend, "So, who do you want to play? Who who do you want to who do you want to win the AFC? Like, who do you think would 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 be the easiest team to come at it?" And he says, and "Without without batting it, without a, taking a breath, he says, oh, the Broncos. I'm going to play the Broncos. Well, Packers will kill them." I've never let him. How many years later? I never let him forget that. That's why I, I blame that loss on on him for for, for wanting to play the Broncos. Um, that was just an awful. I mean, just I mean, I remember early in the game, Packers scored. They, they have the lead. There's an inter. They 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 pick off Elway, and there's a defensive holding call on. I want to say Doug Evans. If it wasn't Doug Evans, I I apologize. But I think it was Doug Evans. And that the Broncos kept the ball and went down and, and, and tied the game. Without that penalty, I think the Packers would have had the ball in great field position. They would have gone in. It would have been at least 10 nothing, if, if not 14 nothing. Um, so that bothered me. Um, and that and the guy, I mean, take your – give him credit. I, I think he was one of the best for a short amount of time. But, but the, um, Terrell Davis just, just killed the Packers that – that night they just they they couldn't they couldn't stop yeah i i i've intentionally never watched that game since that day uh and i'm and one thing about me is if the packers lose especially in the playoffs you won't ever catch me watching a watching a replay of that game like nfl network shows that even if it was like the cardinals game from 10 years ago where a thousand points got scored i just i don't go back and watch that stuff all over again me either why why, i don't it was bad enough watching it the first time the first time yeah, I'll, watch every, I'll watch any win again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you've got to. No, I'm, I'm, that's what, that bothered me. That that, that ranks. I, I mean, there's there's probably three losses, maybe four. I'm going to say four losses, four Packer losses, and we're getting we're getting way off the injury tangent here. But that's okay. There's four Packer losses in my life in my watching days that bother me the most, and that's that might be one. Um, the Seattle loss is a very close second. Um, fourth and twenty-six is right up there, and then the, the the ice bowl two or whatever you want to call it when they lost to the Giants. Um, yeah, in the NFC title game, they're, those four bother me. Yeah, that, that's they, yeah, they're they're without it. That, that's my Mount Rushmore of losses. How's that? Well, in fourth and twenty-six, you were there for it, right? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. And Andy Reid had the nerve. To ask to say to another writer in the locker room after the game, "Hey, how's how how how's Eckel doing? Is he how's he handling this?" Because he Andy knew I was a Packer fan, so <laughs> we didn't like each other a whole lot. That's just we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. So, well, hopefully, I didn't completely destroy your Friday night. So that's nah, it's, it's, it's all <laughs> nothing. No, see, I I, the fourth and twenty-six game. That to me, I call that the fourth and one game because of Mike Sherman, who I think was was a terrible head coach. He could have gone for it on fourth and one, and then it wouldn't have been a fourth and twenty-six. Right. But anyway, let's, let's get back to injuries. Yeah. All right. Back to injuries. Back to the good news, which is oh, players oh. that are, players that are either hurt or not playing. So, okay. So back to the injury side of things. So we talked about Graham. So Lane Taylor out. is out. Yeah, he's not going to play. So Elton Jenkins makes his first start at left guard. I'm okay with it. Jenkins has looked good so far. I haven't seen a whole lot on him. I mean, he's going to he's still going to have his work cut out for him with with uh, Chubb and. Uh, Von Miller and the rest of, and I think um, uh, 
Garrett, uh, why is his name escaping me on the defensive line? Uh, Garrett Wolf with, with the uh, Denver front front there. But uh, I, I think Elton Jenkins is ready to start. And this could be a situation too, Mark, I think, where he's going to start. And I don't know if he's going to give the job up again. I was just going to say, I think you can you can now refer to Lane, Lane Taylor as Wally Pip. Yep. Yep, exactly what I thought I when I saw it. It was only a matter of time. I mean, they didn't draft Jenkins in the second round to be Lane Taylor's backup. Right, right. And, and against Lane Taylor, listen, the Packers got their money's worth out of Lane Taylor. Mm-hmm. Untrafted guy, uh, becomes a starter for a few years, you know, did a nice job for him. For, I mean, you, I'm, in no way am I di- disparaging Lane Taylor, but Elton Jenkins, is a, you know, his, his pedigree's higher. Um it was only a matter, you know, it was a matter of time, and Taylor got hurt, and I, yeah, Jenkins is going to be the guy moving forward. There's no, there, there, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, as he should be. So that, and that's like exactly what you said. That's that's what you hope when you're in the war room and you make that pick in the second round and you turn the card in. That's what you hope. I mean, if he's playing by the end of the season and starting, you've done your job. First, first and second round. That's that's kind of got to be the expectation. Third and beyond. Okay, you might have a little bit more leeway, but this, this is yeah, this is golf. going the way it should. If you take a guard in the second round, he and that's hot to take. I mean, look at the through the years the Packers have gotten some really good guards in the fourth and fifth rounds. I mean, going back to um, T.J. Lang and um, sitting, sit, yep, uh, going way back to uh, uh, college. I mean, they, they were third, fourth, fifth round picks. So when if you take a guard in the second round, that's pretty high. I mean, most guards don't go. I mean, rarely does a guard go in the first round. I mean, you got to be a that's that's a, a standout guard to go in the first round. So to to take a guard in the second round and a high second round pick too. The Packers were picking pretty high last year. That they they obviously like this kid a lot. Well, they moved up to get him too, so obviously he was he was high on their radar. Yeah, they they like this kid, and I, I, and I like I said, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a real good player. Yeah, I think they're in good shape there. So that's that might end up be, being a good thing. You know, I, I remember just real quickly. I remember in 2010 when. Nick Barnett got hurt and Des Bishop stepped in, and I was actually excited about that because I'm like, I think Desmond Bishop might actually be an upgrade uh, over over Nick Barnett, and that that certainly seemed to be at least for two seasons to be the case because Des Bishop was a stud in the middle for that defense. Yes, he was. So Lane Taylor out, Elton Jenkins in. We've also got on the defensive line, Montrevious Adams didn't practice all week, so he's he's doubtful. We won't see him on Sunday. Uh, One thing that uh, this could mean is we might see the debut of Kingsley Kiki. He played really well in the preseason, but he hasn't played yet in the first two weeks. He's been inactive. Any thoughts on on Kiki? I mean, he looked like I said, he looked good in the preseason, but uh, anything to add on what you think he might provide right away in terms of rotation on that defensive line? Yeah, I think he'll 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 dress obviously because he'll he'll be the fifth lineman. I don't know if he'll play a lot, but I'm I'm anxious to see him because, like you said, he he did open our eyes a little bit during the preseason. Um, he'll be that fifth. He'll, he'll he'll get the snaps that that Brown usually gets, and I guess well I guess Brown will start, and Lancaster will be the fourth guy. He'll come in at times. Lancaster played a lot last week, if if you noticed. Um, they were going with him, uh, when they were when they were in the two down lineman. He was out there a lot. Adams must have got hurt in that game, right? Because he, yeah, I know his snap count was down. Yeah, it was in the game. So uh, he, he didn't practice much this week. But I think that you know I, I trust the coaching staff. They know what they want to do in terms of the matchups and how they see the the other side. And you know I don't know if if Montrevious is a situation kind of like what we talked about with Graham, where they're like, hey, we know that he'll be he'll be ready by the Eagles game, but we don't need to risk him at Denver. We might just need to give him a couple extra days to just get right. 
you don't want to take Denver for granted. That's you know. No, and I and I I just mean that from purely from a matchup standpoint. I mean, there's always going to be some matchups you can exploit, even in, even in good teams. But no, Denver is not a team to be taken lightly. In fact, I if I, I see beat the Bears. Well, they yeah. Well, they they did. They should have. That was a complete. You know, the 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 officiating. All I can say is that I hope every single season and and every season more so than the last that no vital Packers game has to come down to an official's call because I just don't trust the refs this year, and they're they're you know they're placing this emphasis on holding and all it's going to take is Aaron Rodgers to throw some magical touchdown to what we think is win a game and all of a sudden it's a holding call they get moved back and then I just I can't I can't I can't deal with that. <laughs> I'm with you, and we've seen Packers games. We've seen the Packers lose on on calls before. Yeah, well, of course, absolutely. I, one comes to mind in particular. We need to talk about that. Now, so bad talk today. Let's 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 be more positive. Going so forward. Kiki, you know, Kiki making his debut again. Obviously, you got to temper your expectations. The preseason's different. You're playing against backups and guys that aren't even in the league right now, but. He looks like a guy, at least from what we saw in training camp, he looks like a guy that's got a good head on his shoulders. He might not play a ton this season, but I think he's at least got the mental wherewithal to hopefully pick up the game. Yeah, you know, I, and, I, I thought he was a good pick where they got a good value pick. Mm-hmm. Um, last year was probably one of the best offensive line drafts in recent years. And I think that, that I mean, he went, what, fifth, fifth round. Uh-huh. I think any other year, he's probably a third-round pick. There were just so many good defensive linemen. I mean, any other year, he's ranked a lot higher than he was because he's. I mean, he's a good player. Um, he's not a fifth-round pick. He's he he's a better he's better than a than a fifth-round pick in in my opinion. Yeah. So then that makes his value much higher. If he turns out to be what a third rounder ends up doing, then that's a huge value win for the Packers. Oh, I, yeah. I I I really liked last year's draft. Or this past, you know, this the twenty nineteen draft. I, th- I thought they got some really good players, um, you know, for for this for now and down the road, and 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 I think he'll be out there. He'll he'll get some. I, I'm guessing they're going to use him more against the pass than the run right now. They'll probably have Lancaster out there more for the run, and um, Kiki for the for on, on on passing downs. I would think that's probably the, the game plan this week. Yeah, that could be. I mean, the the Broncos run the ball well. They've got that two headed monster at running back, and they. Um, you know, they run it. They've always run well. The Broncos, since way back, you know, have always have always been that team that that likes to run the football. And you got Vic Fangio there as their head coach. He's a defensive minded guy, so you, you no surprise there that they want to try to establish the run a little bit more ground and pound, old school mentality. So I think you could be right on that. Lan- Lancaster's a big body. You kind of clog things up in the middle, middle there. Um, if if Kiki rotates in on the pass. Um, Passing yeah, down, to, yeah. I think, I think, I think that makes most sense. And then, who else do we have? With uh, two wide receivers are listed as questionable. Well, uh, we've got so Jake, yeah, Jake Kumaro's questionable, and uh, Kyler Fackrell. Now, I, I yeah. saw that they were, I saw that they were listed as questionable, but neither of them really had any kind of update as to how likely it was for them to play. So, I would assume that they're going to come down to uh, maybe a game time decision because questionable is also potentially probable. Now, that probable doesn't exist. I think Shepard will play because all everything I've read and heard this week, he was back. He, you know, he, him and the um, Smith, the, the kid that they, they just picked up from Kansas City, uh, have been doing all the all the re- return work in practice. So I expect Shepard to dress and play and probably be the punt returner this week. Yeah, Darius Shepard. Yeah, I think that's that's who you meant there. So Kumaro and Shepard. Yeah. So Shepard's questionable. I mean, it would it would be nice. You know, Traymond Smith coming in. It's his first week. I mean, he's a he's a 
NFL vet. It's not like he can't step in and play, especially on kick return. You know, you either you either take a knee or you bring it out. But but then you've got some good options there, and I think Green Bay only benefits from having all of them available. And I think I think Smith is going to be. I, I know I know he he did this and he did it well in Kansas City. He's a good gunner on on special teams as well with his speed. And so that's you know that's another thing too, Mark. Yeah, that's the other thing too, Mark. Is is that people don't really remember too that uh, Trevor Davis was a gunner on on punt return, and so sending him off, it's like okay, now you lose a receiver, your your kick returner, punt returner, and then also a gunner on special teams. So there was a lot of areas where they had to kind of replace a body there. So yeah, hopefully you're right. I think just I think Smith will do everything Davis did and be better at it. To be honest with you. <laughs> Which I wasn't is, a big Trevor Davis fan. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, you got to upgrade that spot there. I mean, a fifth round wide receiver. He never really turned out to be much of a receiving threat. You know, he had a couple good games in sixteen when guys were hurt. I think he played. He had a couple touchdown catches in Atlanta. They almost beat the Falcons on the road. Uh, he, you know, as a, as a kick returner, he was okay. I mean, he made some pretty boneheaded plays though. Yes. I mean, he, you know, fielded a yes. punt in the end. I mean, he just he his. I think it was his mental lapse. I'm assuming that's probably one of your frustrations too. No, yeah, I, he drove me nuts. I, I, uh, he, yeah. I mean, he caught balls when he shouldn't have. He didn't catch him when he should have. He, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I'm, I, I was not sad to see him go, and I think getting a pick for him was was a stroke of brilliance. <laughs> Yeah, when you're in year four, that kind of stuff is even more inexcusable. And if the Raiders are willing to give up what they gave up, then you've got to make that move. And like I said, and they they have a guy they 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 got a guy on waivers that can do everything he he can do, and he's he's, he's even faster. So that was a nice little pickup too, I think. With yeah, Tremont Smith. No, I but, agree. Hey, the Packers. If they if if every guy that they sign named Smith keeps playing like the, the first two guys that they. <laughs> Bring as many Smiths in as as you can, right? That's right. You know, you know they, can, we, they can recreate the band. Then I mean, I'm, now I'm aging myself a little bit with the Smiths. You know, go back and and make up an entire band of uh, 22 guys named Smith if that's what it takes, right? Yeah, just keep bringing in guys named Smith. Is 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 Emmett Smith still still around? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Emmett, he, he's probably lingering around here in the Phoenix area somewhere because I know he's got a house out here. So if I if I if I see him, I'll I'll check and see if he's, he's if he actually filed his paperwork. <laughs> With the uh, league, so and then the other guy that's that's out this week is, uh, and we we kind of knew this, but he did get on the field a little bit this week, which is a good sign. Is the linebacker Oren Burks? Yep. Yeah, so Oren Burks with the pec muscle, and and it looks like if they're keeping a roster spot for him, that means he's going to come back sooner than later. So if he got out there this week, you figure he's not going to play against Denver. Short week Thursday. I'll bet you he probably doesn't he doesn't play against the Eagles, and then starting after that, and then when they get back to practice after the Eagles game, then maybe that's when we could start to see some movement on Burks. I would I would think that's that's the goal. Have him play play that Cowboy game after the Thursday night game. And they could use him because Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be you now. These next two games are no gimmies, but they're at home. So in terms of the level of challenge and difficulty. I'm putting that Cowboys game up there at the top right now of the next three. I think it might be just right, well, that in Kansas City, the, two, the one, two, the two toughest games of, of the season. Yeah, yeah, no, KC for sure. I'm just looking at the next, like, trifecta. So right. then that would pretty much take them through uh, not quite the first half of the, of the season. That's That that would be, the, the what, their first five games, six games? Five. Dallas so, yeah. is, is, is week five. Yeah, first five, first five or six games. So they'd have more. They definitely have more to go. I mean, you, you know, KC, 
Los Angeles against the Chargers. You know, although they're going to be on the road a lot, that's going to be a tough, uh, you know, tough way to to end the season. But they're going to have to figure out a way to do it. Well, that's why they have to stockpile some wins. Like that's why they have to beat the Broncos this week. You, yep. This is yep. a game that, and I, you know, not a must. You can't say must win third week, but um, you want to stockpile these wins. You, you want to have a little cushion when you, for, for for when you do have to go to Dallas and go to Kansas City. And, you know. Those, those tougher games. No, for sure. So fortunately, that's pretty much it on the Packers side. I mean, Devontae Adams didn't practice, but it was for personal reasons. He's fine. He'll play Sunday. So, I mean, there were a lot of guys listed on the injury report, but as far as guys that aren't going to play, I don't think they're going to, I don't think the Packers are really missing anything big. So they should have all of the, their, their the major horse. Mon, Mon Travis Adams, I think. I mean, because he, he was playing pretty well. At mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he well, and if, if Jimmy Graham doesn't go, I mean, Adams and Jimmy Graham are definitely big losses there. I think that they they have some options they can try to mitigate that with. But again, there's reasons why guys start and there's reasons why backups don't. So you're never going to just replace somebody man for man. Uh, hopefully they can. Hopefully they can still make it work. And I'm I'm hoping on that home field advantage to kind of come through it's a, it's a gold package game mark so this is the milwaukee crowd so the green bay crowd did pretty well against the vikings now we get a chance to see if the milwaukee crowd got the memo from matt lafleur about making noise during the game but not doing the wave not doing the wave right exactly right. so on the broncos side of things the broncos are beat up a little bit one of the, I think the biggest injury we were kind of talking before beforehand. Well, I mean, maybe we could debate this because Jawan James, their right tackle, is out. He's not going to play. He he hurt his knee against the Raiders in Week One. He was that big offseason acquisition from the Dolphins. He didn't practice all week, and he hasn't played since the, what the first quarter of the first game. So now, in his place, is going to be an undrafted free agent from last or from 2017, Elijah Wilkinson. And Wilkinson's given up one sack in a game and a half this season. So you know his profile. Pro football focus grade was in the 50s. So, I, I mean, he's obviously not a starter. But then on the left side, you've got Garrett Bowles. And we were talking about Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles is just maligned so far. He's, he's getting a lot of heat for just his bad, sloppy play. His teammates, his coaches are going out talking to the media, talking about how he's got to clean it up. He's got to reduce the holding penalties. I think I looked it up. The Broncos have – they're tied for second in the league – with seven holding penalty uh, penalties through just two games, which to me seems like a lot, but we were also talking about the officiating earlier, and we know that the officials are kind of focusing on holding. So I don't know if it's as much about his technique as it is he's just kind of labeled. Well, he you know he was a first round draft pick, a guy that was pretty highly re- regarded coming in, excuse me, coming into the league, and he just hasn't been the guy that the Broncos and a lot of other other teams thought he was going to be. Uh, like I said, he's been he off to a bad start this year and hopefully the Packers can um, keep that bad start of his going for one more week. Uh, you know, the Packers have been getting a lot of pressure, both, you know, both of the Smiths, um, Gary in the limited snaps. He he's played has gotten I think, three or four pressures. Um, you know, the, 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 the Packers should be able to take advantage of these, these two, two tackles this week and, and get some pressure on, on Joe Flacco, who let's be honest. He's, you know, I think he's, near the end of his, you know, he's, he's not the guy he was when he won a Super Bowl for the, for the Baltimore Ravens. So get some pressure on, on Flacco, put him in, put the Broncos in some bad spots and make a little, make the, you know, the, the defense won the game against the Vikings when they won the first two games, actually. And they, 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 they've been the, it's hard to believe I'm saying this. The Packers defense has been the best unit of, of on the field this, this year so far. And I, I think they're going to be, be again this week. I, I see the Packer defense, 
you know, giving Flacco a lot of problems, maybe get a, get some pressure, get some picks, um, and give the offense a short field to work with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about it too. The the pass rush should have some success off the edge, but if at the same time, if Denver's smart, they've obviously planned for some help to to mitigate that because you got the Smiths coming around. You got Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary's hungry for his first sack. You know, those guys are going to get after it. And Flacco. The other thing about the Denver defense is, if they're not running the ball, they're throwing short passes. Flacco's getting rid of the ball fast. You don't have a ton of time to get to him, so it's really more just getting in that lane, disrupting, getting your hands up, and hopefully you can knock one down. I mean, Flacco's what six six, so I mean he's a guy. You know, he's a tall guy, but you got to try to get in that lane and at least disrupt the vision and the timing and such. You know, and one of his weapons. Cortland Sutton missed practice Thursday, but with a rib injury. But he was back to uh, on Friday, and he will play on Sunday. So he'll make his. I mean, it's the Packers and Broncos don't play each other very often. So obviously, he's making his debut against the Packers. But Cortland Sutton will be out there uh, at receiver, and then fullback Andy Janovich is out. I don't know how much they use their fullback. I, I know they use a lot of two back sets and such, but uh, I don't know how big of a of a loss that's going to be. And then the rest of their injuries. Uh, of note, we're on the defensive side of the ball. So one, I mentioned Juwan James, but another big name that's out, Mark, is cornerback Bryce Callahan. He has a foot injury. He's not listed as out, but it looked like from what the Broncos beat writers were reporting, he's got less than a 50% chance to go. And even coach uh, Vic Fangio said that if Callahan does play, he'd probably be on a pitch count this week. But that's that's a big loss for that secondary against this Packers wide receivers. Yeah, and again, that's something that the Packers needed. Like you said, we were talking before about taking advantage of the tackles. Well, they got to take advantage of that too. There's going to be a, if if and we're assuming Callahan doesn't play, that means there's a backup out there. You got to attack him, right? That's Aaron Rodgers' job to find the backup and and go after him. And they did. I mean, they did that in the first quarter against the Vikings. I mean, they had success passing the ball and throwing the ball, and then everything went into sleep mode. For the rest of the game, so I'd like to see the offense sustain some drives, and I mean you don't have to score 21 points in the first quarter. And I'm not saying it matters whether you score it all up, the, up front and hold it, or if you spread it out throughout the day. But the offense having some more consistency throughout the day would be a good thing to see. It would be kind of a sight for sore eyes because we still have yet to see them play a complete game. And if you you get a complete game out of the offense, and if the defense is what we've seen. The Packers are going to be a really, really tough team to beat when they start really hitting their stride late in the season. But you're right. I mean, this is a home game. It's a home game. You got to take advantage of it. You know, hopefully the weather cooperates. You know, all the all the things should should be in their favor there. So, really, no excuses if they don't get after it. Having you know, they you said the twenty one point twenty one point first quarter, which was unbelievable watching it. Um, they gave away a few more points after that. The Allison fumble, I thought, was really bad. I think that kind of that almost turned it around a little bit, I think. I mean, they, he had the first down. I think they were they were in field goal range minimum, getting three points out of it. And the way they were moving it, they may have gotten another seven. I mean, um, that was a bad, bad play. Almost like one of the turning points in the game. And then the other play when Aaron Rodgers thought they had the first down, or what happened there? He thought they, they spotted a first down. He, it was fourth down, and they went. And they, they, that means they, they really gave three, three points away there because – they they were going to kick the field goal, um, so I mean they they gave away a minimum of six points and maybe ten. Yeah, that was bad. That was definitely bad. There was I mean there were there were some issues all day long. I mean the but the defense be quickly becoming the story. And the nice thing about that is in the NFL the mental game. 
that the NFL is like the Packers defense is going to start and they put together another couple games like they go into Dallas 4-0 if they're fortunate enough to beat the Broncos this week and then also Philly on a short week you know the defense is going to start to creep into the heads of opposing offenses like man can we throw on these guys can we run on these guys can we do anything on these guys you know some of that stuff is worth yardage it's worth points it's worth these little hidden things throughout the game that give you a little bit of of an edge so i mean i'm not complaining about it the defense is you know i mean they the defense is because they're sucking wind and they're tired and they're you know a lot of those guys i mean blake martinez looked like he was about to pass out at one point in that game and i don't know if it was because he was hurt or he was just gassed but he was everywhere i think he led the team in tackles i think he had 13 tackles in the game just all over the place so i mean you got to you got to give those guys a break. I mean, that's going to start to catch up with them. You get towards the end of the season, and their snap count is way out of whack. You know, so hopefully the defense, or I should say, hopefully the offense can can handle their business because Denver actually leads the league in time of possession right now. So even though they're zero and two, you know, they hold on to the ball for. I think their their average drive is. I don't I don't remember what it was in terms of minutes, but they they lead the league in, in time of possession. So they're obviously moving the ball and taking their time doing it. That's what they want to do. That's a Vic Fangio kind of team. They mm-hmm. they want to shorten the game. They they want to. They don't mind. They I mean they lost both games, so they didn't they, they didn't want to lose. But I mean they want to play those kind of games where it's close, defensive minded. Um, you know run, they want to run the ball, um, use up clock, it, just make it a short game, and that's that's what the Packers have to not allow them to do that. Get them make them. You know, stop the run, make it third and long, make Flacco beat you, um, and then move the ball on their defense. Get some points early where then, you know, if the Packers can, can get out to that nice lead again, all right, the Broncos, if the Broncos want to run down 14 nothing, let them run. So make Joe Flacco play quarterback. We, we knew if we, if we made Joe Flacco play quarterback, we had a chance. Is that what you're saying, Mark? Not in those words, but okay. <laughs> I like Joe Flacco. I actually know Joe. He, he, he's a Jersey guy. But, he, and, you know, he's not the guy he was, let's be honest. Baltimore didn't trade him because he was still, you know, a great player. Um, but he can, I mean, he, you know, now he's an experienced quarterback. He's, he can be, he can still, he can still beat you. But the Broncos, I'm just saying the Broncos don't want to win the game. Broncos don't want to get into a 31-28 game. The Broncos want to win, you know, 2017 that's that's their goal they they're they want to keep the score down like i said make it a short game so get out on jump on them early get them out of what they want to do and i think it'll be a be a nice nice day at lambeau field yeah hopefully i think the only other note the only other injury of note is actually a guy coming back from injury on the broncos side and that's linebacker todd davis he was hasn't played yet this season he hurt himself in training camp he's a big part of that defense so he's expected to make his season debut so he hasn't he hasn't been out there, hasn't played, so game speed, all that, you know, the cliche stuff, but he's a smart guy, and he kind of fortifies the middle there a little bit, so it might make things a little tougher for the Packers. I mean, that's pretty much it for the for the injury side of things. I mean, the, the, only, the only thing that I heard a lot of this week that maybe your, your quick take on before we sign off is the debate about the wide receivers in the passing game, and are, are the Packers in trouble, and do they have enough? Devontae Adams, and then from there, you get a huge drop-off, and the rest of those guys are have all been been pretty average. I don't know. You know, I think these next couple games will probably tell us a little bit of something because these defenses aren't too bad, Denver and Philadelphia. So, But if if these guys start answering the bell and stepping up, then I think that's good for the passing game. But I'm not going to start ringing the, the, you know, sounding the alarm of concern 
probably until we get closer to midseason and then it's Devontae Adams and then everybody else is just kind of middling around. Well, you kind of knew that go. I mean, Adams is great. Adams is one of the top receivers in the league. Everybody knows that. Allison, now, my problem with, with, with Allison is he's inconsistent. I mean, he made a great – that was a beautiful catch for the touchdown last week, right? Mm-hmm. He, he goes up and gets it, you know, then he fumbles. I mean, that's that inconsistency. You you can't – you know, he can't turn the ball over it. He just can't. That's a terrible play. Um, you know, but he can make plays. So I'm not giving up on him by no means. And and Scantling, you know, I, I still like him. I like him a lot. He can run. Um, he, he made the big play to start the game last week, right? I mean, um, he had the big – or the Bears. I mean, he, he's a big play threat. I mean, I, and that's what he is, and that's what they have to use him for. Um, Allison has to be the – the possession type dirty work guy. Um, and then we'll see. I mean, Kumarau was great in preseason and he really hasn't gotten a lot of work. Maybe you get, maybe you have to start working him in a little more. I don't know if, if, if Allison or, or isn't getting it done or now Shepard's another guy that had a great preseason. Now he, he was banged up a little bit. He's healthy. They have bodies. Now they just have one of these guys has to step up and be, and you don't even have to be a star because you have the star in, in Devontae. So you just need a, some consistency from your two and three wide receivers. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think there's enough time. I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, for the 80 billionth time, let everybody listen to the fact that the first four games of the season are warm ups, preseason, whatever you want to call it, practice. You know, these, the games count, but. Again, I think it's I think it's too soon for any kind of alarms to be sounded. I mean, I wrote a piece on Cheesehead TV earlier this week that asked if the Packers have enough weapons at wide receiver, and you know, just scanning through the comments section was enough for me to know that I think people are getting kind of tired of hearing it. So we can we can sit back. Sometimes you got to give give credit to the other team. Bears and Vikings both have pretty good, and so does Denver. I mean, they're, the Packers opened the season against some three pretty good defenses. Yeah, well, it's and so. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, neither of them have a sack yet. So, I, don't, I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to get one this week, but I think it's probably on their mind. You know, they always say third time's a charm. Well, this is the third game, so who knows what happens there. I mean, he, they, you know, do they do they end up giving the tackles a hard time? But I will say this, David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga right now have earned their paychecks and then some over these first two games. Those two guys are, thank God the Packers have them. You look at a situation like Denver's in right now where their tackles are their weak spot. In Green Bay, it's the exact opposite. So, you know, Von Miller and Chubb, they want their first sack. They're going to have to work for it this week. Yeah, but the Packers' tackles are excellent. Brian Balaga, right? I mean, again, it's two games that we've seen, eight quarters. I think he's been their MVP on offense. I think he's had the best two games of anybody on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Well, look at the assignments that he's drawn. He even said himself, he can't remember the last time that he's had this many back-to-back-to-back assignments with all pros future hall of famers i mean it's just a murderer's row of pass rushers and they they keep rogers they're keeping rogers uh, on his feet yep all right so let's uh, let's hope for the best let's hope the like i said that the offense can get it going the defense keeps playing as well as they have and be three and oh team going on thursday night yeah absolutely so the next time we get back together the packers will have a couple more games and results under their belt i'm assuming we'll probably have the injury update once again, but good to finally get ourselves going here, Mark. Thanks so much for teaming up here, and yeah, hoping the Packers are four and zero by the next time we we return to uh, re- yeah. Well, that'll that'll do it for this edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Thanks again, Mark. Much appreciated. Go Pack, go, and we'll see you next time.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.